Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal achievers. Hey, it's Hal Elrod. I think I'm a little under the weather. My voice might sound a little raspy. But today's episode is actually a really special, unique episode in that this was actually a live stream that John Berghoff and I did this morning in the Miracle Morning community in the Facebook group. And uh, it was making a really big, kind of a monumental announcement. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a kind of a hint on what the announcement is. And then I really encourage you to listen to the episode because in this episode, we answer some really profound questions. And when I say profound questions, I mean that that apply to all of us. So we answer questions like, how do we learn to listen and most importantly, act on our intuition, especially in the face of multiple decisions at once. You know, that little voice in our head, we hear it, but we almost always disregard it. We rarely trust it and we rarely act on it because our rational thinking mind overrides the intuition, yet the intuition is our highest consciousness. So how do you tap into that? And in this episode, I give you a systematic way to actually develop and act on your intuition. Second question we're going to address through this uh, message today is how do we align our actions, decisions, and thoughts with our highest values and priorities, right? Most of us know what those values and priorities are, but it's living in alignment with those that's not so easy. And the third is how do we find the courage to step into a place of unknown in spite of tremendous fear and uncertainty and that risk that is required for our growth and evolution, it's crucial. And you're going to learn how John and I navigated this decision that we made. And I'm going to let you know right now, because I don't want you, I, I realized that we didn't mention until the end of the episode, the best year ever blueprint, the live experience. Today's message, today's podcast is the announcement is around why we are not doing that event after this year. So what does that mean? That means this is, if you've ever wanted to attend uh, the only live event that I run, the best year ever blueprint live experience that I run with John Berghoff, where you can literally change your life, transform who you are in a weekend. I mean, people come to the event as they've been and they leave as they want to be. And they are a different version of themselves that goes out into the world, that goes out into their life and radically improves anything and everything that they apply, who they've become at the event into their life after the event. So go to bestyeareverlive.com. Again, in case you missed it, this is our last ever best year ever blueprint. And this is something you're going to hear in the why this is a decision that I made and it's my health that that is the reason I'm making it. But uh, I think it'll really, this episode will really inspire you to tap into your own ability to to take risks, to have courage, to have to tap into your intuition and make better decisions from a place not of fear or scarcity or trying to impress other people, but from your intuition, your highest self, your pure consciousness. So listen to the episode. And then when it's done, if you want to join us at the last ever Best Year Ever Blueprint live experience, head over to bestyearoverlive.com after the episode and get the details, grab your spot, and I will see you in San Diego. Enjoy. 
Oh, look at that. Now streaming live. How do I go watch this? I got to go watch this somewhere. Oh, no, it'll be echoey and it'll be weird if you try to watch it while we're streaming. Oh, no, I do it, though. I mute it. I mute it. Oh, genius. Oh, yeah. That's why I should have been in charge of this part. You but it's my, fault. It's, I'm, it's my fault. It's my fault. Yeah. I couldn't get this to work. Yeah. It's uh, your text fault. I saw a funny meme the other day, buddy. It was, um, oh, I'll tell you later. Hey, no, 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 no. Uh, tell, tell me right now. Tell me, it's better for them to just hear. Yeah, no, it was a, so it was a, a meme. It was this husband and wife and, and the husband said to the wife, uh, sweetheart, I think the government is listening to us on all of our devices. And she said, Oh, sweetie, you're so silly. And he laughed and she laughed and Siri laughed and Alexa laughed and Google <laughs> laughed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my wife brought that to me yesterday it was good i love that well um, it looks like we're live buddy i'm watching in case somebody says anything on the chat i'll pay attention and bring it into our conversation beautiful hey uh achieve your goals podcast listeners and members of the miracle morning community we are live in the miracle morning community broadcasting via facebook live uh this is your host hal elrod and my good friend and uh the occasional co-host of the achieve your goals podcast john Burgoff. And today is a special episode uh, for quite a few reasons. Um, we're going to be announcing a major shift in our world, uh, both John and I. And I think many of you will be really interested to hear that. And most importantly, John and I will share our thought process behind making any major life or career decision. And we're going to answer questions today like, number one, how do we learn to listen and most importantly, act on intuition? especially in the face of multiple decisions at once. We're going to talk about how do you align your actions, decisions, thoughts with your highest values and priorities? And how do we find the courage to step into a place of unknown in spite of tremendous fear and uncertainty? And so that and a lot more, I think this will be really, really powerful for you. If you've been a longtime listener of the Achieve Your Goals podcast, or if you've attended uh, our Best Year Ever Blueprint events or been a member of our QLM Mastermind, you are probably pretty familiar or very familiar with John Berghoff, who actually did step in for me and host the Achieve Your Goals podcast while I was in the hospital undergoing cancer treatment. So you may have been listening during that time. But in case you are new to the Achieve Your Goals podcast or the Miracle Morning community, I want to tell you a little bit about John. And first and foremost, I'll start where it all began for the two of us and our really special, you could call it, it's a very special relationship. It started, John, in, it started in a queen size bed, didn't it? Started sleeping in the same bed, uh, like weeks after we had met. It was very, very, uh, that, that's a longer story. Uh, a conventional friendship, really. Yeah, totally. Uh, we were, uh, we were roommates in the year 1999 and he's been one of my best friends for the past 20 years. In fact, I was a groomsman in John's wedding. He actually officiated my wedding for my wife and I, Ursula, uh, and our families, uh, our friends. And for the past uh, five years, we've been partners in leading the best year ever blueprint live experience as well as the quantum leap mastermind. But professionally, John, his focus, and you'll hear about this today a little bit, but it, he's the co-founder and president of exchange. And Exchange has led large collaborative summits for organizations that include BMW, Fathom, Boeing Corporation, Vitamix Corporation, the city of Cleveland. I could go on and on and on. But his real focus has become kind of duplicating his own genius, if you will, and teaching coaches and consultants how to create massive value for companies, communities, and, and various organizations or groups that they serve. And then today, we're going to talk about, as I said, this major shift that we're making and the lessons that it's taught us that we're going to pay forward and share with you. 
And uh, so today's episode, there's kind of two parts to it. In fact, John, you want to share what are the two parts that we're going to cover today? Yeah. So it's, I guess, uh, yeah, you could say this will be a two-part conversation. And the second thing we're going to talk about is our the best you ever blueprint, which is coming up in five weeks. And what we're going to talk about specifically are in the last six years, what are some of the lessons that we've learned, Hal and I, from hosting this event? You know, you think about it, hundreds of you, three, four, five hundred of you have come together every December for six years. And we get in a room and there's this incredible spirit of community and uh, a culture that's been created. And we've had incredible guests speakers who've graced the stage at Best Year Ever, and we've learned a lot. And so we thought, hey, we'll share with you some of the big learnings from from hosting that event, right? And we have this kind of unique perspective being the host that it's just a lot of fun to think about that. On that note, we know a lot of you listening will be with us in December. And the event, we don't actually know if we still have seats to sell. Uh, I think we sold 15 seats over the last couple of days. And I say that because we've either oversold by about 20 seats or we still have about 75 left. A true story. We never know how to actually, <laughs> we don't like if you're in the event business, you don't know how to account for certain seats that have been bought that sometimes people don't actually claim. So people that, buy tickets to bring a guest, but then they don't bring their guests half the time. And so, yeah, it, it yeah. ends up being kind of a very yeah. precise science. Yeah. At least the way we do it. So, so long story longer, uh, we're likely done selling seats in the next couple of weeks, which is cool. And we can't wait to see all of you at the Best Year Ever Blueprint. But that's the second part of our conversation today. Because before we get to that, we have a huge, dramatic... We need like sound effects. I wish Carrie was here, right? We, dun, 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 dun. we have a big announcement to make. And Hal, you already said it. So I'm, I'll just reinforce that I think the, our goal in sharing with you this major decision that we've made is to share with you what we've learned in the process of making a big, complex, high-stakes decision. Because whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a mom or a teacher, or it doesn't really matter. I think every one of us can relate to in life. I mean, you think about how much energy it takes even to make simple decisions. Like Hal, I learned from you. You wear the same thing at every event. And you got that idea probably from Steve Jobs. I started doing it. He got it from me. Yeah. Yeah, He got it from you. (laughs) Yeah, because the energy it takes to make decisions is, uh, it's real. And so I think one of the things we can all relate to is in our lives, it's not the small ones that really get to us. It's the big ones where it's not, it's not a black or white decision where there's a lot at stake and there's, and our hearts and our heads are pulling us in lots of directions. And it's even tougher when you're trying to choose between multiple great options, right? Like if I've got an option that looks great and an option that doesn't look great, that's easy. But in our case, we had to make a, a, a huge decision that's really taken us a few years. And how the last thing I'd say before we actually announce this is I think it's important, I'll speak for myself on this, to declare that as we've gotten to this big decision for our businesses, it's really a life decision. I think a lot of what we're going to share doesn't come from a place of Hal and I have mastered the art of making big decisions. I, I would actually argue that a lot of what we've learned comes from spending a couple of years not knowing how the heck to make this decision. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there that our hope would be that as we share not only this announcement, but what we've learned from it, you, you can not make some of the mistakes that we've made, which sometimes are expensive. Sometimes we skate by, but at the end of it, we're really excited about kind of where we're going and what's happening. So 
that was a big tease. I'm just trying to trying to build some suspense, buddy. I don't know. Are, are those headphones? Are you using the mic in those headphones? Oh, did I? Is it not plugged in? No, your audio is amazing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I was ADHD right there. I was just like, wow, John's yeah. audio is really good. Is he just using the little mic on the headphones? No, it's I have an amplifier inside my vocal cords, and I got it. It's just a natural biological mixing board that I'm leveraging. Yeah, awesome. So should we should we share the announcement and then and then and then kind of di- break it down? I mean, we could drag it on a little longer. We've gone this far. Yeah, go for it, buddy. Go for it. Please take the honor. You'd think that we'd like rehearsed. How are we going to say these things? But uh, yeah, anyone that follows us knows that it's always from the heart and off the cuff, right? Which I don't know if that's a very nobility in that. Better for them to watch us make the sausage in real time. All right, so go ahead, buddy. Share the the good news. So uh, five years. Will this be our sixth year for Best Year Ever Blueprint, by the way? Six year for best year ever blueprint. And this will have been our fifth year running the quantum leap mastermind. Got it. And so, uh, the best year ever blueprint started between John and I, we ran the first one in 2014. So yeah, this will be our sixth year. And, uh, as he said, it's, it's been profound. One of my favorite testimonials was a picture of uh, one of our couples. In fact, I'm blanking on their names. You know, who I'm talking uh, about Ted Brockman. and yeah, Ted Brockman. And, uh, he and his wife said it was better than any marriage counseling they'd ever been to. And I just share that because that to me was really a reflection of it was whatever you bring to the event, whatever intention you bring, that's what you leave with. You know, whether it's saving your marriage or, or, or making money or being happy or achieving goals, whatever it is, that's what you get out of it. And so the event's been incredible. And this is why it's been so hard to make the decision. And the decision is, uh, this is the last year that we're ever going to run the best year ever blueprint event. And so this is our last year. And we've talked about for years, hey, how long should we do this? And we never had a long-term plan. And I'll just, I'm just going to go right into what prompted this decision initially. You know, it was me reaching out to John. Um, as you all probably know, I've been battling cancer for the last three years. In fact, uh, yesterday, day before yesterday was the three-year anniversary of me being diagnosed with cancer and being told I had a 20 to 30% chance of you know, surviving. And having to share that news with my family. And I, I learned a lot of lessons and I was really grateful for the cancer journey that I was on. What, well, I thought that I was on in terms of being in the hospital on chemotherapy fighting cancer. What a lot of you may not know is I still take chemotherapy every day. Uh, and it's had some really detrimental effects on my, my, my mental health, if you will to be really transparent. Um, I've been suffering for the first time in my life with anxiety and depression and things that I, I don't, that, that make no logical sense. Like my life's great. I have everything to be happy about, but something's happening in my brain. And so I just told John, I said, Hey, I need to take 2020 buddy. And I, I need to focus on my health. I need to become an expert in my health. I need to, I don't need to market an event. I don't need to market uh, a mastermind. I, I just need to focus on my health so that I can be alive for me and for him. Uh, but primarily for my family. And I, you know, I was, I'll, I'll be honest with you. And this is actually, I think this, this is the first lesson we can pull out of this, John. It, I'll be honest with you. I, it was a, it was not a conversation I wanted to have with John, right? You know, I, I, in my own head, uh, my internal dialogue is, Oh, John's going to be so disappointed. He's going to be upset. He's going to push back really hard and, and say, no, 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 we, we got to keep doing the event. Let's do the right. And I had all those fears and insecurities and concerns, but I, you know, I had to have the conversation anyway. I had to honor my intuition, which we'll talk about later. Honor my intuition, which was saying everything in my body and soul and mind and heart was saying, "How you've got to take care of your body." It, it, without, if you if you don't make your health your pri- a priority, you already learned the lesson once. 
you know, I don't, I don't want to learn it twice, which is my, my health wasn't my priority before. And then I suffered the consequences. And so I reached out to John and, uh, we had our, I mean, John, we literally made this, we had this call, what, two days ago. Yeah. 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 Or was it, maybe, ago. maybe it was like 12 minutes ago. It was pretty, yeah, but we're still having it, but no, we, but I reached out to John and, um, it took a little courage to do that. And you have to tap into your courage to have difficult conversations either with yourself or the people in your life when you're making major decisions. And so, uh, I reached out to John and thankfully one of the beautiful things that came out of the conversation was really a strengthening of our friendship because there was no pushback from John. There was no trying to convince me. Otherwise there was only authentic listening and caring and really empathy. Um, I love you, buddy. <laughs> love you too, buddy. And, uh, and he said, I totally get it. And then, he, you know, he said, let's talk about options. We could, you know, this could be the last event. Uh, we, you know, we, we talked through a few different options and explored options. And uh, he said, why don't you sleep on it? Talk to your wife, talk to Ursula, talk to your kids, you know, and, uh, and, and let's talk again tomorrow, which was yesterday. And, uh, and yesterday I called and said, Hey, I, I thought about it. And uh, we're, I, you know, I, I need a, I need a full year where I can just focus on my health and nothing else. And, and, you know, he said, all right, let's, let's, let's make the announcement. And we just we were like, Hey, let's do a podcast. Hey, let's stream it in the Facebook group. Right. So this is this literally, as you can see, this is not a well-executed plan. It's been two days of like talking through this and deciding that we've ha- what's the best way to share this with you, with the world. And uh, yeah, so John, I'll, I'll leave it at that and, and I'll let you pick it up where I left off. Yeah. I think it's a geniusly executed announcement, buddy. I think it's genius. Well, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's enjoyable for me to actually be a listener and a co-host. And, uh, it's fun to see some of our good friends from many years on the live stream, how giving you a lot of shout outs. You you probably don't have it open on your screen, but Randy, Rochelle, Jessica, uh, Adam Stock, uh, Caroline, Deb, Miria. It's, It's super cool, buddy. So people are big fans of, of uh, what we're deciding to do here. So I think I just want to reflect to everybody, you know, there's, there's something there. Hal and I have a mutual friend uh, by the name of Braden DeLanay. And I think Braden actually teaches your kids. Uh, He's a primitive schools. He's a primitive survivalist teacher. And he teaches different wisdom traditions that go back to really indigenous practices and uh, Hal, I don't know if you're familiar with one of the stories that he tells, but one of the stories that he tells that is a story that has been told for thousands of years is a story uh, about the origin of death. And one of the things that he teaches uh, through this story is this timeless wisdom that for something new to be born in our lives, something old must die. And when I, when I think about our journey of hosting the Best You Ever Blueprint event, like you said, Hal, we've, we've had a conversation every year for about three or four years thinking, should we do this again? Should we do this again? And it's never been an easy decision because we've always had a, energetically been pulled into different opportunities and we've chosen to continue to put the event on. And I think what you and I both have really enjoyed over the last year of our lives is through the struggles that we've each had amidst lots of successes is just the reminders that we really have to be willing to let go of the very things in our lives that there may have been a point in time where we were saying to ourselves, this is the last thing we should ever let go of. And uh, I think that's, that's one of the biggest lessons for me is the realization that the very commitments, the very decisions 
the very same opportunities that we sometimes convince ourselves are non-negotiable, that all of us can benefit from time to time if we can stop and question that logic and, and question the idea that we have to do something just because it creates a lot of benefit for other people, just because it's a big economic opportunity. I mean, let's be super transparent. Best year ever in QLM, you know, you add up all the revenue. Anybody could do that looking at who's, how many people are there. It's a, every year it's a six, $700,000 revenue. Those two events combined, there's cost involved, but that's uh, it's certainly a decision that comes with financial consequences. And so it's not like this is just, Hey, are we going to do it? or Are we not going to do it? There's a lot behind it. And I think one of the things I respect about you, Hal, is, uh, and it's, and maybe it's why for me, it was an easier conversation than maybe you thought it would be because I too, uh, really think it's important that we ask what in our lives do we need to allow to die so that something new can be born. And there's one other thing that you said, Hal, that I think is a great reminder for us. And that is, uh, you've talked about listening to your heart. And uh, I've in the last year, in fact, if you're watching the live stream, I'm holding up a book here called The Heart Intelligence. And uh, the subtitle is Connecting with the Intuitive Guidance of the Heart. And this copy was signed by all of the founders of the HeartMath Institute. Actually, next week, I'm facilitating and leading the Global HeartMath Conference down in Mexico. And it's a great honor. But I'm new to understanding the depth of the science behind the statement that you made, Hal. And what I've learned in the last year or so is that there is, um, there is an empirically proven relationship between the intelligence of the heart and our ability to actually tap into our intuition. And many of the practices that we talk about in this community, practices of gratitude and affirmations and journaling and exercise, I mean, the whole savers model, every one of these is actually a vehicle for connecting us more closely to the intelligence of the heart. And so I just want to reiterate that, you know, the heart, the heart is always the smartest guide on what to do. The challenge is, uh, can we get to a place of quiet? Can we get to a place of stillness where we can actually hear the signals of the heart instead of the loud voices of the mind? And, uh, so I want to honor you, Hal, for inviting me to also listen to, Hey, what is our deeper what I would call our evolutionary purpose. In other words, you know, how is the world calling us to do something differently? In your case, it's honoring your health. In my case, I'm certain this is going to create an energetic opening to serve our exchange community, the folks that we teach how to lead groups. So uh, that for me, are those are a couple of the big lessons from this uh, process of making a decision. And Hal, you know, you and I didn't talk about this before this, so people get to hear us just think it out loud for the first time. But I wonder if there's a, any lessons we could share too in how to approach these kinds of decisions in a partnership. You talked about this a minute ago. A lot of people who have business partners, oftentimes what makes a, a decision difficult is, is not just how I'm going to make the decision, but whether it's a business partner or a spouse or a colleague or a coworker, it's how do we do this as a team? Because everybody has different levels of attachment to the outcomes and the decisions. So 
I don't know if there's anything we want to share about that. Maybe we've already shared enough. Let's circle back to that. And I just, I wrote that down as you said it, but I wanted to answer this question. I had some thoughts come up while you were talking and the, cause you know, I wasn't listening. I was thinking of what I might say. And, uh, <laughs> no, but, but no, I was looking at the question, right. That we had uh, kind of shared that we would answer today. The first one is how do we learn to listen and more importantly, act on intuition, mm. and especially in the face of multiple decisions at once. And I think that is one of the hardest things for all of us to do is listen to intuition, right? We need, we need proof. We need evidence that this is the right choice. This is the safe choice. And, and there's a lot of risk uh, or at least perceived risk when it comes to listening to our intuition, listening to our heart, because how do we know it's true? And how do we know, wait, is that just my brain? Is that my insecurities? Is that my past programming? Or is that my heart? Is that my intuition? How do I differentiate? And I want to share some, some practical ways to approach that. And, and here's really what you have in order for your intuition to be a powerful guide, arguably the guide that you make your decisions from the place that they, they're born from. Uh, I, I would say that you need to develop, we all have to develop confidence in our intuition. Right. So that, that's relatively simple and straightforward. If you want to be able to trust your intuition, you have to develop confidence in your intuition. Just like if you want to trust a person and, and their advice, you have to have confidence in their advice. Right. Well, if your intuition is giving you advice, you'd have to have confidence in it. And that is done. So how do you develop confidence in your intuition? It's done by taking risks and getting results. The same way you develop confidence in any area of your life. You take a risk, you do something you've never done before, and you get a result. And then you assess, evaluate, and evaluate that result. Is that a good result? Is that a bad result? Is that a result I can live with? Is it a result I want more of? Is it a result I can improve upon? And in that, you develop confidence in your ability. So what I would recommend is first understanding that, okay, for me to really turn intuition into this radically powerful tool, John mentioned, get quiet first. You've got to get your brain into that alpha state through meditation or first thing in the morning morning, last thing at night. A lot of times I just now, when I wake up in the morning, I lay in bed for 10 minutes and I talk, I just, I talk to my intuition. You could call it talking to God. Um, but to develop confidence, what you have to do is again, take risks and get results. So what I would encourage you to do is start very small, start very small. And here's where I, what I would look at is look at your daily choices and look at that voice in your head. I believe that is your highest consciousness that says, don't eat that. You know, that's bad for you. And you go, shut up. I really want this. You see how you see that melted cheese and that fry? That's amazing. Shut up, intuition. But your intuition is guiding you toward choices that will benefit your life, your spirit, your mind, your body, and your soul. And so in order to tap intuition, start small. Start with your food choices, right? Start when, when the intuition says, hey, get out of bed. And you go, no, I just want to lay here unconscious and, and sleep longer, even though you've gotten your six, seven, eight hours or whatever, right? Listen to your intuition. And, and so start with the food choices. Let's keep it focused. Listen to your intuition. Choose the thing that benefits your body the most. And then afterwards, evaluate the result. How do I feel after I ate this living, you know, fruit or vegetable or nut or seed versus something that was dead or packaged or processed. So the beauty of it is you, your intuition says, do, tells you to do the right thing that benefits your body, mind, and soul. You do that thing, you evaluate your result. And if it's a good result, now you have confidence. Oh, that little voice in my head, it actually knows what the hell it's talking about. I'm going to start listening to it more often. So start with small things, start with food choices, 
and make baby steps up to bigger choices because that's something I have had to do. And John, you've had to do too. I know is you got to step off a cliff with the big choices and you have to fail forward. You have to just go, all right, I'm willing to take the risk and I'm willing to see what happens, but it's easier if you start small and work your way up to the bigger choices. How would, as you talk about intuition, I'm going to read a quote from this book on the heart intelligence and, uh, one of the great honors for me in the last several months has been to become good friends with Roland McCready, who's maybe one of the head scientists for the HeartMath Institute. And uh, one of the things that he writes uh, in chapter three, and the title of the chapter is called The Intuitive Heart. And I'm just going to read this sentence. He says, from my own experience and my observation of others, I realize that the lack of alignment between what our mind says And what our intuitive heart is quietly trying to tell us can be one of the biggest unrecognized sources of stress. I'm going to read that again. The lack of alignment between what our mind says and what our intuitive heart is quietly trying to tell us can be one of the biggest unrecognized sources of stress. And, you know, that, that quote really hits home for me. And, and that's literally what you just said, Hal, is how do we balance this intuitive guidance with these voices that come from the head? And, you know, I think you just said it really beautifully. I think you, what you reminded us is that it's a skill that can be developed. And there's different types of intuition. You know, some of us have experienced what some people call energetic intuition, right? Where when you walk into a room and you're with another person or a group of people, you, you immediately feel their energy. Well, you know, we can now measure, you know, there's actually an energetic pulse that we send outward. But even if you don't know about that science, even if you are not aware that we actually send out these frequencies, we all have had this intuitive guidance from time to time where we immediately sense something in another person, right? That's one example of just another type of intuition. But I love what you said, buddy. And, uh, I hope that everyone who's listening can really consider this question of how can I, how can I create the quietness and the discipline to listen to my intuition? Anything else we want to say about this decision? And if anybody jumped into the live stream late, uh, this is the last year that we're running the best year ever blueprint and the quantum leap mastermind event. By the way, we're going out with a bang. We've got JP Sears doing a one hour performance that will be like nothing that he's delivered or you've ever seen. He's doing something really special for us. We have Alana Pratt, a world renowned intimacy expert. We've got Christopher Lockhead coming back bigger and better than ever. By the way, yeah, he's the number one marketing podcast. He's the number one podcaster in the whole business category. Uh, He's going to be wowing us once again. We've got Jeff Woods, who's the head of the entire One Thing organization, who finally we brought in a professional, right, to lead goal setting. <laughs> like you, you and I fumble through it as we tell we people. Beat it every year. Yeah. yeah, we're like, hey, by the way, we're not really qualified to help you set goals, even though that's why you're here. Yeah. So we've, we, we've made a big investment. We've got Jeff Woods coming in to lead a, a several hour workshop on Sunday morning. And I will say, I had Jeff on the podcast, which is John and I both, were, both worked with Jeff, but when I had Jeff on the podcast, in December, I think, talking about goals for 2019, I called John. I said, we have to get Jeff Woods the best year ever. I've never heard anyone talk about goals as effectively uh, as Jeff did. And, and John said, yep, I've heard him talk about it. Let's do it. So excited yeah, for that. Yeah. By the way, uh, I mentioned earlier that, that uh, I've been doing a lot of work with the founders of the HeartMath Institute. 
we're going to be leading every morning, even just for a few minutes, a heart-mind coherence meditation. Mm. And it's, it's a practice we've started bringing into all the events we run. And it's, it's simple, but it's powerful. Uh, of course, we have Brother James. Of course, we have uh, John Broman. And it, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting. We have Ben Hardy coming in. Uh, oh, I Ben just confirmed. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Like, this is why we Number one. Yeah. Number, number one blogger right? on Medium. Yeah. 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 This, is, this is why we're barely qualified to run events because we have a world-class lineup lined up and we haven't told anybody. So yeah. anyways, need, well, needless we're, to say. We're terrible at marketing events, but great at running them, right? Yeah. So we're going big this year. We're gonna, we want to go out with a bang. And again, if you just tuned in, it's our last year doing BYEB and we've spent the last 20 minutes talking about kind of what we've learned through as partners making the decision. And by the way, we're not done as partners. We'll probably talk to each other more often. We'll probably enjoy each other more. Yeah. It won't and, be such strict business talk. We can actually just talk about the families. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, I think we're going to have a lot of other ways we collaborate, but uh, we're sunsetting best you ever in QLM to create space for other things in our lives. Um, Hal, maybe we take the last few minutes here and, uh, and shift gears and talk about maybe some of the biggest lessons that we've learned hosting this event. I'm happy to kick it off unless you want to start it because I think whether or not someone's going to join us for the last best year ever blueprint that's ever going to be run. Um, And it will sell out. uh, Like we said a few minutes ago, we we think it may have sold out. We're just not, we don't know how to account for unregistered guests, which is a whole conundrum. But anyways, so there'll be 450 of us at the uh, Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego, December 13, 14, 15. But if you can't make it, we still want to share some of the big lessons that have come from that event, what it's all about. So how do you want to lead it off or I'm happy to go, whatever you want. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll lead it off in this way. I'll lead it off in a very, um, uh, soft way. Well, I like that. You know, I've been, and I've said this before, but when somebody asked me what, what makes the best year ever blueprint so special? And I said, unconditional love. <laughs> and they go, what does that mean? I go, yeah, I go, it's hard to put on a website. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, uh, it, it, I think it's hard to market that, but that's what I felt. They asked me at last year's event at the end of it, what do you, how do you feel? And I said, I've never been in a room of, you know, 450 people where there was this space created that was to me in my, the language I would use, it was rooted in unconditional love for each other. And really just, you think about the Miracle Morning community is this community of like-minded people that are loving and supporting each other to become our best, right? And to have that in a room live, uh, it was really special. And because of the unconditional love, with unconditional love comes vulnerability. People are feel safe to be vulnerable when they feel like they are loved unconditionally. And through vulnerability come breakthroughs. That's when we tap into our own self-love our own inner wisdom, as well as the wisdom of each other. Uh, and that's what I, what I see happen more and more every year at Best Year Ever. And, and last year was the pinnacle. So I don't know how this year will be better, but it'll be, if, if it's even as good, right? I mean, but it really is something where you come uh, as you are, right? You don't have to come and put on an air of, I got it all figured out and I'm successful. No, you come as you are, uh, as a human being, as a spiritual being. And then you tap into your greatest strengths and wisdom and you leave there as the next version of who you need to be to show up in your world, in your work, in your family, in your life uh, to amplify and improve and evolve and elevate every part of your life. And that to me, in, in, in a nutshell, is what the Best Year Ever Blueprint is all about. Mm. 
So I, I obviously didn't know this is where we would start, buddy, but I couldn't be happier that this is what you shared. So I, I want to build on this. So those of you who are a part of our exchange community of coaches and facilitators, you're well aware of, of one of our foundational principles when it comes to leading, leading a group to tap into their collective genius, their collective hearts and minds. And, and you know what I'm about to say, and that is, and this is, this is maybe one of the most important learnings for me when it comes to leading a live event. But let me say something. It doesn't matter if you lead a live event. This is probably the most important learning for any of us who deal with human beings. And when you talk about how that feel of love, one of the things that in the exchange world we, we talk about endlessly is that whenever a person walks into a room, there is one primary dominant uh, unconscious, sometimes it's conscious, but it's guaranteed to be unconscious or conscious. There's a primary dominant question that we are all asking ourselves when we enter any room, right? Whether it's a dinner party or a 500 person experiential event like Best You Ever Blueprint. And the one question that everybody's asking is so simple. And the question is, can I be myself and still fit in with this group? And somebody asked me yesterday, I was talking with Amy Port, uh, her and her husband, Michael, lead the Heroic business, uh, Public Speaking School. I, I don't know if that's the exact name, but they're, they're an amazing couple, amazing teachers. And, one of, and Amy was asking me about our work and what I was most proud of. And what I'm most proud of about the Best You Ever Blueprint, I was sharing this with her, is that we have created the conditions for that unconditional love to show up consistently, repeatedly, duplicatively. And there's nothing I'm more proud of than the fact that we have figured out how to engineer that. And by the way, here's a teaching on what we learn and how to do that. The way that we do that at the event, but every one of you could bring this principle into your next interaction 10 minutes after this live stream. The way that we've learned how to engineer uh, psychological safety, which is the ingredient that is necessary, right? So the reason why people come into a learning environment, so any of you who run workshops, retreats, seminars, conferences, mastermind groups, or you lead a team or an organization, you have to understand that people come into what I call a learning environment. There's two reasons they come into that learning environment. There's two reasons you might think you're going to come to Best You Ever Blueprint. Number one is because you want to get information, right? What we call intellectual capital. Number two is you want to connect with other cool people, people like you, people you could relate with. We call that social capital. And so, Hal, you'd probably agree that those are the two big reasons people come to these events. What we have learned is that we can't deliver at the highest levels on those two forms of capital. And by the way, there's a third, which is usually not why people show up, but it's why they come back. And I'll tell you that one in a minute. But we've learned that before you can deliver on these primary reasons that people come into any learning environment, it's either intellectual capital or social capital, you have to create the conditions for psychological safety. And by the way, that phrase is not mine. Amy Edmondson out of Harvard first wrote about it in 1999. Google uh, really amplified the research when in 2012, they said, what creates a high-performing team or group? And they said, more than anything else, it's the existence of psychological safety. And the way that we create psychological safety is we choreograph conversations so that there is connection and inclusion. By the way, you can have one without the other. So we know what we're doing. It's a long way of saying, We've learned how to repeatedly create the experience of unconditional love. It's what I'm most proud of. And it could make me happier, Hal, that when you reflect on, you know, your biggest takeaway, that's the first thing that comes up. And I just, I would hope that everybody listening to this, it doesn't matter if you lead a live event. I hope you get that. 
I hope what you get is that what our world is begging for is the experience of connection and inclusion. And you can measurably, verifiably create this, right? For me, it's my life's work. It's what we teach facilitators how to do in any environment. But anybody listening can go create this by asking yourselves, how can I connect? And how can I maybe connect with those that my unconscious might stop me from connecting with, to be a little more inclusive in who I'm bringing into my conversations. That experience, together we can all create more safety. And now we can deliver on these forms of capital. And someone's asking, so I'll tell you the third form of capital that we deliver at these live events. It's rarely why people come initially, but it's often why they come back and it's often why they are most glad that they came. And it's what we call communal capital. And it's the realization that I'm connected to something bigger than myself. It's realizing that I'm in a room with hundreds of people who are connected to a shared transcendent purpose. Now, Tiffany doesn't realize she just jumped on our live stream and it doesn't matter. You could stay here, Tiff. Hi. Oh, that's <laughs> so, funny. Buddy, my whole team's going to be joining. <laughs> just a few minutes. Hi, everybody. I'll yeah. jump out. But yeah, hello. Text everybody and let them know. Uh-huh. That's funny. I, uh, that's I need good. more than one Zoom meeting. Was that's there... okay. Uh, uh. Uh, so that's been a big learning from putting on these events. Hal, is there another one you want to share? And I might have one more and then we'll sign off here. Of course, if there's any, uh, if there's any questions in the Facebook chat, we're happy to answer them in real time. Hal, anything else you want to share about what we've learned putting on leading these events? Go ahead, buddy, please. The, uh, well, I was going to share something on what you just said, which is just to talk about another way to create that unconditional love in your relationships, to do it for the people closest to you by making them feel heard or allowing them to feel heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just came back from the Front Row Dads uh, retreat. And uh, one of the fellow dads, he, uh, he said, how, or he said, he told the group, he said, I figured it out. I figured it out. I figured out I, uh, how, how to make my marriage work. And we're like, what? He's like, it's one strategy. He said, stop trying to fix your wife's problems. And uh, he said, stop trying to fix their problems. He said, now, if she asks you to fix the problem, that's great. He goes, but that's probably 5 to 10% of the time when she's talking to you. Uh, and I think this is true for a lot of us, especially, obviously, the, the male-female dynamic. But for any of us, just allowing people to feel heard and understood, right? And I think that's a part of that psychological safety. And if you're doing it in an event, you're, you're, you, you, know, you can't obviously let everyone share. But we do let people share and let them feel heard and create that environment within the room. So I just want to say that if you are, again, if you're not leading a group, uh, for the majority of you, uh, bring this to your employees, have meetings where you allow them to share what's on their mind without you jumping in and trying to correct things and fix things and, and, you know, and be, be the solver, be the hero, just listen and empathize. Wow. How does that make, ask questions. Don't give answers. Don't think of your answer. How does that make you feel? When that happens, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you wanting to do? Is there anything I can do to help you, right? If you want to fix a problem, that's the question that you ask. You don't fix the problem. You don't offer a solution. You say, is there anything that you'd like me to do to help, right? And so in your, with your kids, with your spouse, with your employees, uh, I'd encourage you to really to bring that element of creating space for people to feel understood uh, and, so, and to feel loved. And, and from that place, you'll create more power and connection in your relationships than you've ever imagined possible. And so, John, what you said brought that up for me, that that is part of, a big part of what is done that leads to that you know, environment at the Best Year Ever event. Yeah. What was the next lesson you want to share, buddy? Well, I'm glad you shared that because that's the perfect segue oh. to my All last right. point, which is, uh, so at, at Best Year Ever, so this is really interesting. 
it's actually easy to overlook that we actually create an environment, as you said at the end here, where at the event, you actually are, are guided into a conversation with the person next to you 35 to 40 times over three days. Now, I'm an introvert. So when I hear that, I freak out a little bit. But what's interesting is when it's guided, it actually doesn't take all the energy that it would take if it's unguided. So we actually create an environment. It's, it's, it's part of the last point I want to make about what we've learned about creating breakthroughs. And so what's great about this is this is what we do at Best Year Ever, but you could take this idea literally right after this episode into wherever you go next. And, and the big lesson that we've learned, and I think it's one of the reasons why the Best Year Ever event has gotten better and better is because we've gotten smarter about this as a community, is that if we really want to create breakthroughs, it starts with number one, we got to ask new questions, right? And the, and the best way to think about the power of a question is to think about our questions are so powerful that when we ask a new question, even before the answers show up, our future changes, right? And the easiest way to prove that is just through a simple metaphor. Like I'm wearing contact lenses right now. If any of you are wearing glasses, like you are, Hal, what's really interesting is a, putting a lens in front of our eye is just like presenting ourselves with a new question or presenting somebody else with a question. Because as soon as I put that lens in front of my eye, I don't really have a choice, but it's going to change what I see, how I see it, how well I see it, what I don't see, what I can't see. By the way, another interesting point is that I can't actually see the lens anymore. Oftentimes in life, our conversations and our thoughts are unconscious. We're, we're asking questions like, what's wrong with me? What's broken? What's not working? How bad is this? How bad is this going to get? What are people going to think of me? These are all questions that are based in a place of deficit and fear and insecurity. And there's understandable reasons why we get caught into those cycles. But the Best You Ever event is all about coming to a place where with 450 peers who become coaches for each other, we present a series of questions. And I'll remind everybody what some of these foundational questions are. Of course, what we do every year is we find new ways of having people answer the questions with each other, which is where it's, it's fun to create variety and how we actually play with these questions, which is the second part of the equation. Hal, you said a minute ago, we need to create space for people to be heard. What we do at BYAB is we present the questions but then we choreograph conversations where everybody gets to move through powerful conversations around what we think are some of the best questions to ask if I want to have the best year of my life and become my best self. And so just a quick reminder of a couple of these questions, we won't go through all of them, but a good example of the kinds of questions that change our future even before the answers show up are questions like, when have I been at my best? What are my strengths? What are my superpowers? Because if I want to create a better future, it might be smart to figure out when have I been at my best? What is it that makes me truly different and unique that I could leverage even more of? Because we've learned that if we leverage our strengths, we can actually create the future we want much faster and more efficiently and more reliably, right? Another example of a great question uh, is actually, what do I most want to have in my future? And there's a lot of ways to ask that question, right? If I woke up years from now and looked around and every part of my life had become beyond what I ever could have imagined was possible in my relationships, my faith, my family, my work, my physical well-being. What would I see? What would be happening, right? The kinds of questions that invite us to stand in the future and envision everything with no constraints. That's an important discipline to build is not ask it one time, but to learn how to hold these questions open, right? And of course, a significant question is, why am I here, right? The age-old what is my purpose? And we actually approach that question quite differently at BYAB than the way most people talk about purpose. 
I don't think purpose is something you find under a rock or under your chair when you sit down at BYAB. I think our purpose is something that we design, we architect, we craft. We have unconditional freedom to choose how we answer that question. And so at BYEB, we give people a very unique way of connecting to uh, how do I create meaning, fulfillment, purpose in my life, no matter what my conditions are, so that that purpose can drive me, can give me a sense of resilience, can connect me to something that even while things are changing and uncertain, I can be connected to this deeper sense of purpose. These are just a few of the types of questions that we bring to you at BYEB that we would encourage you all to consider uh, asking at any point at any time. So Hal, I'll leave it at that. Awesome, brother. That was valuable. I, uh, I, I couldn't help but smile a few times, just those questions, thinking about my future and what I want it to look like that, that always, you know, that A, it feels good in the moment, but B, it's, it's the first step in, in making that future reality. If you, uh, I want to add one more question, but, but first I realized that if anybody's listening and they had to go, we didn't talk about how you could get tickets for best year ever. And by the way, I do want to say, John doesn't know the ticket piece is my hand, my side of it. So John, I know we have at least 20 seats left. So you know, you said earlier, you don't know for oversold, undersold that's been through our conversations, but uh, I know we have some space. Uh, you can go to bestyoureverlive.com to get all the details and grab your spot. Uh, and, and I wanted to kind of bring this, uh, with one more question to bring this episode to a, to a close. Although you'll probably want to speak on my question. So we'll see. We'll just keep it going. But, but here's the question. Uh, you know, I, I think I thought about today's episode. What this was really about was, you know, from a personal level, me and John is we realized something through listening to our intuition. Uh, and it was that we needed to stop doing this event and to focus on some other areas for me, my health, for John, his exchange community. And we realized that really i've i've had that whisper in my head for a long 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 time uh, along with a lot of others my intuition's been telling me it's been trying to guide me and i've been fighting against it and i haven't listened uh and so what i would encourage you to ask yourself is what have you realized through your intuition a change that you might need to make but you've not yet decided to make that a priority and so I would encourage you to take what you learned today what came up for you what emerged for you and i would encourage you to really Get into that space of silence, be quiet and ask yourself, what needs to die in order for something new to emerge? What needs to change in order for me to experience more of who I am and give more of who I am to my family, to the world? And then I encourage you to start making, start small, but start listening to your intuition and making decisions that are in alignment with your values your highest values, who you aspire to be, the life you aspire to live, and uh, who you want to be in your world. I encourage you to, uh, to ask that question. What have you realized but not yet decided on? And start making some decisions and, and putting your intuition into practice. Sounds like the kind of question that we might have 450 people explore in San Diego in five weeks. Yeah, brother. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a beautiful, magical, unforgettable experience. I hope you can join us. We'll see you there. Peace out. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 